hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. It's a very fitting night to be at church because we are continuing a series that we've been doing called Be the Church. And what we've been doing in the series is we have been exploring what it means for us as the people of God to be the church that Jesus intended for us to be. And uh, we're looking at how we can begin to embody certain qualities and certain values here at our City 6 p.m. service. And being the church is not just about what we do. It's also about who we are. And if we're going to figure out what it means to be the church, well, then we're going to want to know who God says the church is. So tonight, we're going to be exploring another aspect of who the church is, and great to have you follow along with the Version app. As Jaunty said, there's also some sneaky bonus content at the very end, but don't get distracted by that right now. Check it out at the very, very end. Uh, but before we totally jump into tonight's message, uh, would you guys mind if we just take a moment to pray and ask God to come and visit us tonight? So why don't you bow your heads. Lord God, tonight we give you this time. And Lord, we know that you so value family and spiritual family. And so Lord, tonight as we talk about what it means to be the church, uh, Lord, I pray that tonight we would have uh, fresh eyes to see our community with your heart and your purpose. And so Lord, uh, cause your word to run swiftly tonight and help us to see things that we could not see before as we look at your word. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. In the beginning, before the heavens were rolled out and the stars were hung in their spaces, before trees and grass were planted and rivers ran through dusty places, there was God. The very first words of the Bible are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word in the original Hebrew language that is used for God is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And this name Elohim is oddly plural, seeming to describe multiple persons. But it's used in a singular sense throughout the book of Genesis, as though the name somehow describes the mystery of someone who is both one and many. Although God exists as one, he is also made up of three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so before any humans sang songs together or shared a meal around a campfire, Elohim existed as three who existed as one. And the time came and he formed humanity in his own image, and it has been his desire ever since that although we would exist as many, that we would also learn to exist as one that we would be in community as he is in community. 
And that's important for you to understand tonight, and it's the topic of our chat, which is that if we are to learn how to be the church, then one of the most important things that we need to learn is how to be a community. Because you were created to belong to a community, and it is God's desire that you would build that community with his people. And so if you're following along with your Bible this evening, go ahead and turn with me to the book of John, chapter 17. So just before Jesus went to the, went to the cross, he prayed a prayer to his Father for those who believed in him. And this was not just for his existing followers at the time, but for all those who would hear his message of love in the future and also believe, which means that you and I are part of the ones who Jesus was praying for in this prayer. So take a look with me at John 17, verse 20. In it, Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. It is Jesus' desire that we as the church would be one, just as he and the Father are one. So that sounds pretty cool. But what does that actually mean? I mean, how do you take a group of people like us who are from all sorts of backgrounds and all sorts of different ways of thinking and get us to be one. Well, I believe that what Jesus meant was not necessarily that all of his people would look exactly the same or dress the same or all have the same selfie on their Instagram with them and a Bible and a cup of coffee. Hashtag blessed, hashtag sons and daughters. <laughs> No, what Jesus meant here, I believe, is not that we would all become exactly alike, but that despite our differences, we would find unity around the fact that he loves us and we belong to him. You know, I love this quote that I heard from a Kiwi preacher once named Aaron Walsh. He said, God creates diversity, then calls us to unity in order to produce humility. And having unity within a diverse group of people requires a lot of humility. Because you have to be willing to see things from other people's perspectives. And that might mean that your perspective isn't necessarily the best one. And that's not always easy. You know, as I've heard it said, unity begins with you. But it ends with, why? So Jesus wants us to learn how to live together, to learn to be a group of people with great diversity who come together and form a community. So what is a community? Well, I believe a community is a people of common unity. They have something in common with one another. In fact, if you say common unity really fast, it almost sounds a bit like you're saying, well, common unity really fast. Uh, but the point is that the foundation of all communities is that their members have found something that they have in common to agree upon. 
For example, the person employed at an office might find common unity with others around a love for organization and also for getting paid. Uh, the local cycling club might find common unity around a love for bicycles and outfits that only look good when you're on the bike. Uh, or the National Bird Watching Society might find common unity around spotting rare birds and owning the latest in cutting-edge binocular technology because, after all, birds of a feather got to stick together. I know it's bad. It's the dad jokes. They're coming out. <laughs> So you see, we are always finding places where we have common unity with other people. And the reason for this, I believe, is actually quite simple. All of us have a desire to belong. We choose our workplaces, what we do for fun, the political parties that we support, the music we listen to, and the people that we spend time with all in search of belonging somewhere. So strong is this need to belong that sometimes we will even compromise on our values and our beliefs if it means that we get to belong. And you can't get rid of this desire because as we talked about in the beginning, even God himself has always belonged to a community within himself. And so we who are created in his image have also been created with a longing to belong. So you can't get away from your need to belong somewhere, which is admittedly inconvenient at times. Uh, but what that means for all of us is that you have to find a way to fulfill that need. And you can fill it in some ways that are healthy, and you can fill it in some ways that are not so healthy. You know, gangs often capitalize on the need to belong. They tend to attract people who feel like they don't belong in other places, and they draw them in to find common unity around shared trauma and pain, and perhaps a sense of family that they've never experienced before. And so even though being a part of a gang might require them to do some admittedly pretty devious things, it might mean that for the first time ever, they get to belong. But then there's other types of community that are actually really healthy. You know, here in our city, there is a community of people who volunteer down at 0800 Hungry, and they drop off food to needy families across our city. And so they have found common unity around a desire to help other people. So the key thing for you to understand is that what makes a community healthy or unhealthy is decided by what the people of that community are finding common unity about. Because what you are building your community around is going to affect the types of fruit that it produces in the lives of the people that are a part of it. And so when Jesus prayed to his Father that his people would be one as he and the Father are one, he was recognizing the fact that his people would have a need to belong. And he was pointing to the fact that they could find fulfillment for that need by finding community with one another that was built upon a shared love for him. And out of their shared love for him would overflow their love for one another. And this, my friends, is what true community is all about. 
Because although you might be able to find some sense of community in cycling clubs or bird watching societies or your workplace, those things will always fall short in satisfying you because they are built upon things that are temporary. But if we as the church are building our community upon our love for a God whose beginning and whose end are wrapped up in eternity, whose faithfulness is as sure as the rising of the sun, and whose kindness is deeper than the deepest seas, then we will be building a community that will stand the test of time, and we will find our place in a story and in a family where we will always get to belong. Jesus is building true community. It is a community that is purposed to include every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And in our own small way, we get to be a part of building that community here in our city and here at our city 6 p.m. service. And we do so because we were all created to belong to a community, and it is God's desire that we build that community with his people. So if that's true, and we are created with a desire to belong to a community, well then what does it mean for us to actually build that community? Said another way, how do we be a community as we be the church? Well, in the book of Acts, I believe we get a really good look at what this community is supposed to look like. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It reads, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And so the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So what's the first thing that you notice about this community of believers that are described here? Well, I'll tell you the first thing that I noticed. The first thing I noticed about them is that these people, they are together. They have common unity. They are one in purpose. They are living out what Jesus prayed to his father for, and they are living as one. So the question is, how did they get there? How did they become one? And what is the common unity that they have with each other? Well, this passage tells us that they did four things. And I believe that if we as a community can get these four things right, and we don't have to do them perfectly all the time, uh, but if we are intentional about pursuing them in our community, then we will be building the true community that Jesus desired us to be. So let's take a look at these four things that are talked about in the passage we just read. The four things that build true community. They are devotion for the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking bread together, and prayers. 
So let's talk about devotion for the apostles' teaching. This is speaking of having a passion for the Word of God. You know, we must be taking in the teachings of the Bible because the Bible is our standard of truth. And so if we want to be building a true community, then we have to be learning it and we've got to be teaching it to other people. Really key. Then there's fellowship. And this one's interesting. The word that fellowship is translated from is koinonia. And this is a Greek word that speaks of having life in common with one another. It's a, a communion of life. It's to have fellowship where we are sharing in each other's struggles and in each other's victories. It speaks of having values and purpose in common. And you know, my wife and I, we have been so blessed by the outpouring of love and the meals and the gifts and the kind words that this community has given us in the last month as we have raising our newborn son. And, um, you know, raising a newborn is hard work. They do tell you how hard it is, but you don't really believe them until you can't remember what day of the week it is and until you've got bodily fluids of some sort all over your shirt and you don't know what it is. But the most amazing thing about the last month has been that we have felt like we haven't had to face it all alone. Our community has come around us in our time of challenge. And they've made it just a little bit easier by giving us nights where we don't have to worry about cooking. And this is just one small way of many ways that we are sharing life with our community and they are sharing life with us. And sharing life with one another is one of the things that we must do if we want to be the church. Next one is breaking bread together. This is my favorite for obvious reasons. Uh, a surprising amount of connection happens when we simply eat food with other people. Did you guys know that study after study has shown that children who grow up in homes that share at least one meal together each day are happier healthier and more likely to succeed in their goals. So if you really want to connect with people in our church community and you want to get to know people and feel like you're plugged in, one of the easiest ways to do that is to find a way to eat together. And then the last one is prayers. And this one is pretty important because we as individuals need to be connecting with God often and meaningfully in that place of prayer. Just like with any other relationship that you have in your life, if you want to get to know someone better, you are probably going to have to spend some time talking to them. And so regularly talking to God and praying for His Spirit to transform you from the inside out is one of the quickest ways to possessing love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. And let me tell you, community is a whole lot easier when you've got those things coming out of your life. So God desires us to build community with his people. And if we get these four things right, then I think we'll be building something pretty beautiful here within our own church family. And the last thing I want to highlight to you tonight about community is that community is not automatic. Churches cannot offer you the feeling that you belong as if it's something that you can simply just order off of the menu. 
You know, I remember uh, five years ago, my wife and I were planning to move to Christchurch, and um, I just remember there was this one time that I felt the Lord was speaking to me really clearly. And uh, what I felt like he said to me was, Josh, I am sending you to Christchurch, but I need to know what it is that you require. And I thought that was kind of a funny question. So I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, he said, I've always promised to all of my people that I will provide the fundamentals, the basics that they need for life. He said, but is there anything over and above that that you would want? Wow, what a question. So the Lamborghini was, you know, right here in my mind, but I didn't want to seem greedy, you know. It's like, what if this is a test? Uh, so I thought about it, and I was like, okay, what are some things that I would want? And so I said, okay, well, so we're going to need a car, uh, preferably one that's pretty cheap to run. So he said, yep, I can do that. I said, okay. I said, I've never lived in a place that has mountains or the ocean before, so I would like my house to have a view of the mountains or the sea. I'm not fussy, which one, but just one of those. He said, yep, I can do that. I said, um, it's also pretty important for us to have a full-length mirror because Sarah needs to be able to, you know, see her outfits as she's picking them out each day. Uh, so we need to have a full-length mirror. He said, yep, I can do that. And I said, oh, and I said, we, uh, we need a queen-size bed. We've had a double-size bed our whole marriage and um, just be nice to, you know, not have Sarah's elbows in my ribs every night. And uh, he said, yep, I can do that. And so then I said, ah, oh, and one more thing. I said, I want to have a community where we feel like we belong, a community that really fits us. And I thought it was interesting because I felt the Lord pause and he said, I can do this. He said, but this is going to require a lot of hard work on your part. And so we moved here to Christchurch, and uh, through a series of crazy circumstances, we ended up in a house that has a view of the Southern Alps right out the front, door, uh, front window. It has not one, but two full-length mirrors. It has a queen-size bed in it, and uh, we've also got a car that's pretty cheap to run. Uh, so all of those things happen, and, um, but there was one that was left on the list, and that one doesn't happen automatically. That takes work. And so Sarah and I said, you know what, we are going to commit to investing ourselves in this community because we feel like this is worth fighting for. And so one of the things we did was we said, all right, we're going to start a, a small group and we're going we're to commit to having at least one person from church over at our house for dinner at least once a week. And so we did that for several years. And I have to tell you, we've been a part of this community for five years. We've had a lot of people over for dinner and we've shared so many laughter, uh, moments of laughter, so many tears, and um, I can honestly say that after five years, I truly feel like I belong here. And that's a beautiful thing, because when it comes to community, what that means is that it is something that you've invested yourself into. It means that you have put your resources, your time, your money, and your energy into it. Because after all, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, when it comes to community, what you tend to put into it is what you tend to get out of it. If you are approaching community as a place for you to serve and show kindness to other people, then you will often find that your community is happy to serve and show kindness to you. But if you approach community as a place for you to demand that your needs get met, and you mistreat other people, well then, you're probably gonna have a hard time feeling like you belong anywhere. 
And I know that's a, a really simplistic way of looking at community, and there's exceptions to that because community is messy, because we are messy. But the point that I'm trying to make to you is that being a part of a community requires some hard work on your part. But I believe with all of my heart that despite the challenges and the heartache that go with being vulnerable and being known by other people who are just as messed up as I am, the beauty and the sense of belonging that is found in true community is worth fighting for. I believe we were created to belong to a community and I also believe that it is our privilege to build that community with one another. Would you guys stand with me? Have Ben come back on up. So we've talked a lot tonight about the fact that you were created to belong to a community and that it's God's desire that you would build that community with his people. But what does that mean for you tonight? Where do you go from here? And you know, in prepping this message, one of the things that I've been asking is, how do I build a community where I belong and other people get to belong too? And I think it's important to recognize that community and a sense of belonging isn't something that is built overnight. Rather, it is the laughs and the tears and the conversations and the memories that are made over weeks and months and years that are the things that make you feel like you truly belong to a community. And I think all of us here tonight have a need to belong. And I'm so grateful for our community and also for where we've journeyed so far. But my challenge for you tonight is to not settle for where we are currently, but to press in, to roll up your sleeves for the hard work of building community together. Because the changed lives that come from true community are worth fighting for. And we are gonna need that true community if we want to see our city transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. So one really practical way to challenge yourself is to look at the, the four things that build true community. And maybe I can have that slide put back up on the screen behind me if that's okay, Georgia. But I want to ask you tonight, which of the four areas, yep, that's the one, which of these four areas behind me would you want to work on this year? Maybe it's the study of the word, and so you are going to commit to joining a connect group that's going to study a book of the Bible this year. Uh, or maybe you'd want to pick breaking bread, and so you're going to be intentional about inviting people out for food after church. Or maybe your prayer life needs some work and you need to schedule some time for that. Or you're realizing that you need to get to know some people a little bit more if you're gonna have fellowship and share life with them. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.